Malachi chapter 4, verses 4, 5, and 6. Reading from the New Living Translation. Remember to obey the law of Moses, my servant, all the decrees and the regulations that I gave him on Mount Sinai for all Israel. Look, I am sending you a prophet, the prophet Elijah, and in this case, it was going to be 400 years later. It was going to be John the Baptist. Before the great and dreadful day, the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. I, I want to speak to you on a subject, the PT Cafe. The PT Cafe. Uh, Deidre Tao spoke, actually, if I'm not mistaken, it was two years ago today. She spoke on the PT restaurant, and she had a takeout bag of food. I was going to bring it here. That Now that with the pandemic, we could no longer eat in a restaurant, but we had to do takeout as we were forced to have church online. And so as we are reinventing PT, I want to invite you to the PT Cafe. I want to remind you that our mission, as you have list heard, and again, we're going over this because we have a lot of new people who have come to Pentecostal Tabernacle, and we want to make sure that we're on the same page. Our mission as a church is restoring broken lives, as you can see on our um, image, our slide. And when you go to our website, you'll see Restoring Broken Lives based on Joel chapter 2, verse 25, which I love that scripture because it, it tells us that God can get back years that you lost. And that's a wonderful thing to know that God can restore our broken lives. And the full mission of our church, I call this the elevator version, meaning that if I was going from floor one to floor two and I had to say it quickly, what's the mission of your church? The word mission is a Latin word that simply means uh, to send. Why, why was Pentecostal sent to planet Earth? Why are we located on a corner of Magazine Street and Perry Street, PT South and then PT North, which we'll be getting back into before the year's over? Uh, why are we on the corner of Columbia Street and Washington Street? It is to restore broken lives, or our longer version is to restore lives broken by the consequences of sin, that is, consequences, whether those consequences of what we're your own doing or the consequences of what other people have done. Restoring broken lives, broken, restoring lives broken by the consequences of sin to the place where these same very lives can uh, restore to such a place that they're able to give glory and credit to God. So that's our mission as a church. And then uh, we, we as a leadership, about four years ago, we went on uh, executive team, uh, which, is the, which is the team, which is the, uh, the board, the team that, that actually gives direction to the church. We went on a, a retreat to kind of really help clarify uh, our, uh, what we're all about so that we're all on the same page. And uh, we use this wonderful tool called the Pyramid of Priorities. And we discovered through the help of a uh, consultant that we have four priorities as a church. And, it's, and the four priorities is church on Sunday. The second one is children's ministry. The third one is care for our congregation. And the fourth one is to care for our community. And, and again, we want to let you know that though they, I listed them in, in order, it does not mean that number one is more important than number four. Are you following me so far? And it was wonderful using the illustration with our, our brother Saul when, he, when I, he has four children. And I said, which, which one is more important, your oldest or your younger? And he said, they're all important. It just so happens that my son, uh, Matthew, uh, Mateo, it, I know, it's the same word, Matthew and Mateo. <laughs> and, 
Y'all are jumping in my stuff today. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, but uh, Mateo, the Spanish version, is he, he, he's the oldest, but it doesn't mean he's more important than his youngest sibling. And my point is, is that though church on Sunday is important, it doesn't mean it's more important than caring for our community. Can you say amen? And, and so when we say that, I was looking up the difference. I, I, I was saying, what's the difference between a restaurant and a cafe? And one definition is that a restaurant has, there are, there are a choice of many items. I believe you can bear witness to this. How many of you have ever been to the Cheesecake Factory? Their menu <laughs> is a short novel. Can I get a witness out there? Like, you better know what you want or you're just gonna be there flipping pages for a while. But a cafe has a limited amount of food items. No, you don't go to a cafe and say, oh, by the way, do you have filet mignon? They're gonna like, no, we don't have that. We, we, have, we have a sandwich. So with a cafe, it's like limited items but they do it well. And so we are the PT Cafe. We don't do a whole lot of things, but what we do, we want to do well. There are people who come in and say, do you have a Christian school for my children? No, we don't have a Christian school. We have Sunday school, but we don't have a Christian school. Well, why don't you have a Christian school? Because that's not on the menu. <laughs> so what strikes me here is this man, Malachi, whose name in Hebrew means my messenger, as in God's messenger, he is going to be the last speaker, the last prophet in the Old Testament, and then there's going to be silence between the book of Malachi, if you're familiar with the Bible, it's written in the Old Testament and New Testament, the last book in the Old Testament is Malachi. The first book in the New Testament is Matthew, so uh, Matteo. So between Matthew, uh, Malachi and Matthew, though all you need to do is flip a page, that flip of a page is roughly 400 to 430 years where there is no prophetic voice. God, it, there's, there's no voice where God speaks to his people. But God promises that when he, when he decides to move, he's going he's to raise up one last prophet, and that last prophet is John the Baptist, who's going to announce, prepare the way of the Lord. In other words, the Messiah, Jesus, is coming. If you understand what I'm saying, say amen. amen. And, and, and so the promise that Malachi says about this prophet that's going to rise up who's going to prepare the way for the Lord, he says that his preaching will turn hearts of fathers to their children, thank you, Holy Spirit, and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. And what I was sharing is that, is that this, this, this word curse, one of the definitions and etymology of this word curse in Hebrew, it means it, one of the definitions means a net, a net, a net, a net. And it, and it speaks of a net for a thing that is to be destroyed. And so uh, one of the definitions in the theological word uh, book of the Old Testament, it speaks of the net uh, being used to, to uh, being used by a hunter to catch an animal or the net is, in this case, this net is used by a fisherman to catch fish. Are you with me so far? Now, one of the things we got to understand, Jesus said when he was choosing his disciples, they were fishermen. Uh, the first four was, uh, was uh, Andrew and Peter. Uh, Andrew, Andrew, uh, Andrew, James, John, and then Peter. 
his first of his 12 disciples of 12 followers, they were fishermen, and, and Jesus offered to them was, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You were fishing for a fish, but I will make you fishers of men. And from that moment on up to this day, God is looking to catch, capture men. Are you following me so far? But the point is, is that the church, the disciples, the followers of Christ, we are not the only one who are looking to fish for men. Satan is also looking to capture men in his net. Are you with me so far? And, and so this word uh, curse also means a trap. It means uh, also to depress or flatten the nose. And what do you mean the nose? The nose, as I said, is, is, is one's ability to discern, to, uh, discern. And I shared uh, last week that, that natural gas does not have a scent. So the only reason they put the scent in the gas is so that you'll recognize that that uh, gas is being exposed so that that way you don't hurt yourself. And so when we, our nose is used to discern, and, and what God is saying is that if I don't turn the hearts of fathers to their children and children to their, uh, to their fathers, uh, what's going to happen is that I, I'm going to allow the curse to be released. In other words, God doesn't so much send the curse as if he, uh, but more like he allows the devil to be the devil. He allows Satan to be Satan. Satan means opponent. Devil means slander. In other words, the devil, John 8, verse 44, he's a liar. His that, that is his job description. His job description is to lie. His job description is to steal, to kill, and destroy. And the first thing he wants to steal is your identity. Mm. He is the original person who perpetrated identity theft. So what happens with this curse is that, that, that Satan wants to put this net over your head, over your thinking over your mind. Here's the beauty, here's a frightening thing, is that how many of you, I hope we can do this right, how many of you can actually see this net? If you could raise your hand if you can see the net. Hopefully everybody can see the net. And you can probably see it well because of the light. Okay? Fishermen do not fish during the day, they fish at night. Why? So that when the net is in the water, the fish cannot see the net and they get trapped. What am I saying? I'm saying that the, the purpose of Satan is to keep the world around you dark so that he can trap you in his net. And here's the frightening thing. Because you would say, well, why don't we just avoid darkness? Well, it's hard to avoid darkness because Jesus said, men love darkness. We do things where people cannot see those things. And therefore, the way we're able and, and um, Brother Troy Van Voris brought the, the Bible up again. So what happens is that God gives us the scriptures. Psalm 119, verse 105, thy word is a lamp and a light unto my path. Thy Where's it found? Verse 105. And a light unto my path. Psalm. And a light unto my path. So, again, you, you just saw me uh, raving and getting Google-eyed over my wife. 
But let's say I'm on a business trip and I see somebody more attractive physically than my wife. And the darkness of my flesh says, hey, she's thousands of miles away. She's not going to know. It was quiet in this Pentecostal church. Why don't you step out and commit adultery? See, the, the cloud, the, the, the net. But then all of a sudden, as I see that net coming, what do you mean to see the net coming? Fly girl coming. I love your preaching, Bishop. You're just so anointed. And it just so happened that why I caught, I'm preaching to somebody, and while it just so happened that my wife and I had an argument prior to, I just love your preaching, Bishop. I have the light of the scriptures, the Ten Commandments, which says, thou shalt not commit Adultery. There is a way that seems right, but the end is death. To lie on the, cup, the sofa looking at each other. Mm -hmm. But the Bible says he makes a way of escape. And the phone rang, and the Holy Spirit hit my wife first because I was lost. <laughs> I was blind and couldn't see. But somehow when the phone rang, she pushed me out the couch and I fell on the ground. And instead of saying, what you doing? I was like, oh, it was like I woke up out of a trance. And the Lord kept us. You had me in a trance. <laughs> Took the Holy Spirit. <laughs> But the Lord will save you from some people. Delia and Ruth, you probably can't tell me the number of people 
who ended up in jail because of who they were hanging out with. And they didn't even do anything. You better be careful about who God is trying to take out of your life Ooh. and who Satan is trying to send in your life. We have a list of the things that the enemy uses to cover, to put a net over our thinking. Because why does he want to put a net over our thinking? Because the scripture says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so if he can get this trap over your mind, he's got you. I was listening to uh, 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 one of my mentors, Bishop Ezra Williams, he used to say this when I was a teenager. He said, if you think you can, you're right. If you think you can't, you're right. It's just a matter of what you think. Here's another saying. Uh, it is your attitude, because you're thinking your heart, not your aptitude that determines your altitude. So let me keep moving on quickly. These nets are strongholds. For example, the number one net that the enemy tries to put over our heads is deception. Selfishness, hopelessness, death, lust, fear, envy, anxiety, anger, shame, pride. As a matter of fact, what really blessed me, uh, we pray for our children every Thursday. And can we give a praise for the family prayer uh, that just started this past Thursday? If you're a parent, from 7 o'clock to 7.30, there's prayer that's specifically focused on children. And we fast. And thank, thank the Lord, uh, uh, Sister Delia, she made a list of the strongholds that we pray against. But these strongholds are all nets. We pray against laziness, procrastination, unbelief. Oh, this is a deep one. Soul ties. Loneliness. Is loneliness... Uh, uh, uh. You mean loneliness is a trap? It's a net? It's a curse? Yes, it is. You can be alone, but you can be lonely. And they're not the same. I don't know about you, there was a time when I'd go into a conference and I'm surrounded by hundreds of preachers, but I feel alone. Fear, anger. Pride. These are, oh, give me five right here. I need to say this. Unforgiveness. Some of you will wonder why my prayers are not being answered. Why do I feel, why do I feel like everywhere I go, I'm trapped? You know why? Because there's unforgiveness. And so what ends up happening, I'm preaching up in here. What ends up happening is that every time you about to get into a good relationship, you get, the devil, you get offended. Some of you in this church because you got offended at the other church. I got news for you. I got news for you. Look, as Stephen A. Smith said, put that camera on me. <laughs> you will be offended in this church. I'm going to tell you right now, you will be offended. Woo. DJ Charles, look at me. You're going to get married next month, right? Guess what? Don't be woo-wooing. Don't be woo-wooing. Your fiancé, who will be your husband, you, he's going to offend you. In fact, he already has. And guess what? You've offended him. In fact, Jesus said, y'all want promises? Jesus says, 
offenses will come. But if you don't forgive, he's not going to forgive you. And some of you are walking in forgiveness, in unforgiveness. See, I don't, I don't know why I'm on this subject, but, but some, some, so I am preaching up in here. Some of you, you don't walk in, forgive, you don't walk in forgiveness, you walk in tolerance. What does that mean? Tolerance means tolerance means that that I can tolerate being in the same building with you. But God help you if you sit in the same pew. See, this is how you can tell somebody tolerate you. Come here. So this, this, is, this, this is a tolerate. No. God bless you, brother. <laughs> or, or, bless you. Bless you. That, that's a tolerance. But when you really forgive, God bless you, my sister. You notice I got, I got Holy Ghost space here. I'm trying to help you out here. Holy Ghost space here. I, I love the Nigerian uh, and the African, uh, what I mean, like, I know this is a trait, I was going to say Nigeria, but this is a trait for, 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 for I've noticed all the Africans, yeah. Yeah, so, so like, when, when, when I go in for the hug, and I'm not, I'm, I'm going, I'm going in for the space hug, but what they do, and to, to teach all you ladies, what they do is, come to hug me, you're, you're me. Okay. What they do is, and they duck. <laughs> and they turn their show, am, am I right? Am I right? It's like, it's, it's like, it's like they played for the Patriots, you know, they duck and, having too much fun up here. Nets of anxiety. Now watch them. Now all the hugs will be like, <laughs> this is a church or a football team. Anyways. Nets of envy. Arrogance. Shame. Pride. And the list goes on and on. Malachi chapter 3, verse 14 says, You have said, what's the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying his commandments? Or by what? Or by trying to show that the Lord of heaven's army, that we are sorry for our sins. From now on, we will call the arrogant blessed. For those who do evil, get rich. And those who dare God to punish them, nothing happens to them. Let me close up here. Keep my eye on the time here. Oops. So, there are four promises that I believe God, there's more, but I want to focus on four promises, and we're not doing all, I'm not doing them all because I want to end with a story. There are, there are four promises that, that, God, that will occur when you come in God's house. I want to tell you about the, the, the advantages of coming to church and gathering. Number one is community. And I'm using the acronym CAFE. Number one is community. A is answers. F is for focus. And E is for eternity. C, again, community. A is for answers. F is for focus. And E is for eternity. So community. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 or 42, 
it talks about when the church came together, the Bible says that uh, they continued in the fellowship, they continued in community. Let me just say these two statements that I heard from Pastor China Cleveland that really blessed me. Uh, one is this, we can learn in isolation, but we can only grow in community. Let me say that again. We learn in isolation, but we grow in community. What do you mean? I, I read a lot of books about marriage before I got married, and I learned a lot about marriage. But I didn't grow as a man until I was married. Because one of the things you find out when you're married, can I just preach here, is how selfish you are. It is quiet in this Pentecostal church. And then when you get children, you even find out how more how selfish you are. You, you, you learn things about yourself in community. There's another saying, uh, in community, there is immunity. Some of you all think you're good because nobody tells you when your stuff stinks. And some of you are so sensitive. Every little, as soon as you hear something you don't like, they don't love me. Why are you criticizing me all the time? How about why don't you just grow up? Anybody here, I know you have, uh, Brother Jamil. Anybody here ever played team sports, like high school? Yeah, yeah. If you ever have an unsaved coach, it's amazing how if that same person called you some of the things that he called you on the street, there would be a fight. But they will yell at you, cuss you out. Why? Because they're trying to make you better. Can you take critique? But this is the point I want to get to. I want to get to answers. And I'll do this very quickly. In the house of God, you should be getting answers. Repeat after me. Every time. Every time. And you can on online too. Repeat after me. Every time. Every time. I come into God's house. God has answers for me. Every time. Every time. I was stunned last week. Somebody came up to me and they said, could you give me your points because I've been, I've been writing out a business plan based on your sermons. I'm like, where? How? I'm just, I'm speaking of the scriptures. How, how do you? And then they began to explain to me what they were hearing. One of my sisters said to me, and I loved it, she said, every time you go to church, you really need to be praying, God, speak to me. And don't listen to the sermon. Listen to what God is saying to you. Because some of you right now, you're like, he's going off all these rabbit trails because somebody needed to hear what I said. I don't know if you remember, about four weeks ago, I shared about uh, experience of racism in the Catholic school that I went to. And how, no, the, no, the guy called me a certain name. Uh, and and um, I don't know if you remember, and I looked at him because we all, if, we're, if, we're, if you're going to fight, you always look at the person and say, if I can take you. Okay. And in this case, I was a freshman, he was a senior, and I knew I couldn't take him. And, and so I walked away. Immediately, out, and, and, and I've, never shared that, I've never shared that story in the 27 years that I passed. I've never shared a story, not publicly anyway. And I was like, why did, why did I share that story? And a young man came up to me after the sermon, who's not from this country, and he said, Bishop, Thank you for sharing that story because I was, for the first time in my life, I was called the N-word. 
And he said, unlike you, I looked at the dude and said, I could take him. <laughs> and he said, I walked away and I felt, you know, because again, that net of pride, you walked away from, you are punk. You should have handled your business. But he heard the Holy Spirit saying, you know, back off, just walk away. And he said, when you said you walked away, that was a confirmation in my spirit that I did the right thing. You have no idea who God is speaking to, so just be patient. Now, here's a good thing. God doesn't only speak to you from this pulpit. That's why I love the after-service fellowships because people in these pews have answers for you. There, is, there are songs that are sung that are answers for you. If you come with the mindset, God, I need answers, he will give you an answer. Can you say amen? amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Inquirer's temple. Asap said these words when I tried to Psalm, 76, Psalm 73, verse 16 and 17. He said, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I came and entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood. Somehow God will speak to our situation so clearly that we'll say, aha, I get it. I got much more, but I, I want to close with this. Come up here, Denver. I like Denver. What I like about Denver is that he always tells me, I am not a millennial, I am a Gen Z. <laughs> and he's right, he's a 25, 9 to 25, that's Gen Z. And, and, and I remember the enemy had a net over Denver. Curse. And the curse was, you will never be a good father because of what you went through when you grew up, you will never be a good father, which means you'll never be a good husband. And so that net was over his head for years. And the only thing that can get rid of this net, this curse, is the word of God. close with this because this is going to help you Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 many of you know it says the word of God is alive and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit joint and marrow and the word of God can discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart and what I was thinking I was like okay God it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And God said to me, yeah, you have a two-edged sword to, to get rid of this net. It's called the scissors. Two edges. And this is what I like about this scissors, because you're going to help me preach this in a moment. There's, there's the blades of the scissors, but there's the redness of the scissors which speaks of the blood. And so... If I were to snip this with the word of God, Denver would be free to think the thoughts that God has for him. So what am I saying? You, you can sit down, Denver. Thank you very much, sir. So what are you saying, Bishop? About four years ago, we had a Holy Spirit conference and Pastor Chandler prophesied over Denver. Now, the scripture says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, it says, do warfare 
with the prophetic word that's been spoken over your life. So you can do warfare with the scriptures, meaning that when there's a net over your head that says, I'll never have enough money to go to college, you can give this word that will snip it that says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his rich and glory by Christ Jesus. Denver receives a prophetic word, and the word is that, that in spite of what you went through when you were growing up, you're going to be a good father. Okay. Now watch this. The Lord put on my heart, he said, he said, I want you, when you see Denver, every time you see him, say to him, how you doing, Dad? Hey, Dad, you're a good dad. And, and what I was doing is I was reversing the curse. Oh, Lord Jesus. How do you reverse curses? By blessing people. When you bless, you reverse a curse. I don't want to get into it, but, but, but Levi and Simeon in Genesis chapter 49, they were cursed by Jacob. But then in uh, Exodus around the 19th verse, Moses reverses the curse on Levi. And instead of being cursed of the Lord, they now are blessed of the Lord. And so I just kept blessing every time I saw uh, uh, Denver. I would bless him. I would say, I would say, you're gonna be, hey dad, how you doing, dad? And then, and he he texted this to me and he gave me permission to use this. He said, he said, um, I was prophesied to regarding my fear of being a father. And God was assuring me that I would be a good father and break the curse off my family. God first started with me through my forgiveness of my dad. And once God did that, my Denver has a, had a brother who's about two years younger than him who died of cancer. But God used that death because now there's a funeral. And the family came together and he said, God used that as an opportunity to further reconcile with my dad's side of the family. And then he wrote, my papa, my granddad, cried when he saw me at Thanksgiving 2019 because he hadn't seen me in nearly 21 years. The reconciliation was much bigger than I ever had thought. Is everything perfect? No. But I can actually have conversations with my natural dad now. And I am generally interested in having a relationship with him. He's opened up his home to me for whenever I want to come and visit and stay. And he tells me he loves me. And I actually believe it. Don't tell me what blessing people can do. Blessing people can do. I, I don't mean to put them on the spot, but you know, forgive me if I do. But uh, Zach, could you stand just for a moment? Just stand. Zach is a freshman at Gordon College. Doing very well. Amazing swimmer. 
But when Zach was about four or five years old, the doctors told him all sorts of stuff he would not be able to do. And I remember his mom working when she started Project Move. You can sit down. And the Lord told me, I want you to put your hands on Zach. And, and just speak over his, speak over him. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. You have the mind of Christ. It was just, I just kept, you have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. And Zach has amazing parents, you know, our brother, our Reverend Jeff Bonison and uh, Sister Tara, wherever she is. They, they are amazing parents, and they did their work, but I was supposed to do my job too, which was to bless in the name of the Lord, to bless in the name of the Lord. And to see Zach, uh, uh, were you the captain of a, your, your swim team? <laughs> captain of a swim team in college. That would have never happened if I didn't do my part. That's the power of blessing. The reason why I believe in so much blessing in you because God told me yesterday, said, Brian, you're a curse breaker. I'm a curse breaker. I'm a curse breaker. When there's somebody who's had curses over their life and they're trapped and the devil says, you will never amount to anything. Uh, don't, don't let me come next to your life because I'll be a snipping with the word of God. For he who the Son is set free is free indeed. Why don't you stand up and bless the Lord right now? If you want to come to a place that won't shame you and won't curse you, come here. We are curse breakers. Hallelujah! This is the place where you'll get answers. Where shame will be broken off of you. Anger will be broken off of you. Unbelief will be broken off of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's just 30 seconds of your best praise. God's going to turn it around. He's going to turn it around. Ah, this is the place for answers. Answers to your situation. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? The answer is no. Is no. That's why I bless you at the end of every service. Because I'm a curse breaker. I'm a curse breaker. Wherever I go, I expect God to show up. There's an anointing in this house to break curses, to break strongholds, things that you could never thought, will I ever get beyond this? The, the answer is yes, because I'm using the word of God to snip, snip, snip stuff off of your life. Thank you, Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eyes closed as we... If you've never received Jesus Christ as your savior, the name Jesus is a Hebrew, is the, is the Greek name of the name Joshua, which means the Lord is salvation. The Lord will set you at liberty. Scripture says in, in John chapter 8, he who the Son has set free is free indeed. If you never receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and you say, hey, Bishop, I want to ask Jesus to come into my life because Jesus has great plans for me and I can't, I can't carry out my destiny and purpose if I constantly have a net over my head, over my thinking. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're not going to embarrass you, but we just want to know who we're praying for. If you're here and you say, Bishop, I want to receive Jesus Christ, could you just include me in this prayer? 
could you slip up your hand high so I can see it if you want to receive Christ. I want to make sure I see that hand back there. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand over there. God bless you. Look at the Holy Spirit. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Now, what we're going to do, these individuals who raise their hand again, we don't want them to, to feel self-conscious in this crowd of hundreds of people. And so we're all going to say this same prayer. But those of you who raised your hand, you're saying this prayer to the Lord. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I come to you this morning as a person who is a sinner. And all that means is Jesus does not live in my heart. But your word says whoever calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. And so Jesus, I'm calling on you. Come into my heart and make me a child of God. Jesus, thank you for hearing my prayer. And right now I know I'm the child of God. Amen, amen, amen. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I'm going to ask you to sit down for a moment. You're, you're going to take part in this part of the service. And I'm, I'm going to ask you to take out your cell phones. And I want you to go. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, you can go to our website and go on to the live stream. So that you have permission to go onto the live stream right now, so we'll be one congregation. And if you don't have a cell phone, don't worry about it, because you'll you have an opportunity. And, and what I want you to do, if we could put up the, the last image. Um, and we have a testimony page. The Bible says that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus Christ, and their testimony. And what I want you to do is I want you to write online in the chat. I want you to write a testimony. What's a testimony? Something that the Lord has done for you. It could be this week like myself when I talked about you know the ticket and what God did for me or it could be something you know recently over the over the past two or three weeks it doesn't have to be big but I want you to I want you to write something that the Lord has done for you and you say why Bishop because these are some discouraging times. And you have no idea who you're going to encourage online by writing your testimony. And then later on this week, maybe when you get home, I want you to go to the testimony page because it's a little bit more of a process. Go to the testimony page and write out your testimony. Write out what God has done for you. Maybe you got an unexpected scholarship. Maybe you got a new job. Maybe you had trouble sleeping and you finally had a nice night of sleep. It doesn't have to be big. Maybe you're walking down the street and you found a dollar bill. Like, it's your testimony. Because my goal is when people are discouraged, they'll be able to go to that testimony page and just as they read what God is doing in the lives of hundreds of people, they'll be encouraged to go on another day. We're living in a day where people need encouragement. 
Even right now, I can guarantee you, as you are putting in the chat what God has done for you and what you're thanking him for right now, I believe people are being encouraged. We were on a prayer line, I think it was uh, Thursday night. And there's a, he's probably online right now, but there's a man uh, by the name of Roger. And Roger somehow miraculously found us and he lives out of state. And he found out about the testimony page and he said something that really blessed me. He said, you know, and he, he shared with everybody on the midnight prayer, he said, you know, what was weird about it is that when I was typing out my own testimony, it encouraged me. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's right. Like sometimes, even right now, some of you, as you're typing it out, when you like read it, like, oh my goodness, God is good. That's why whenever I lead prayer, pray, prayer in the in midnight, I always say, Brother Emmy, you know my song, see what the Lord has done. Because sometimes we can be so trapped in despair, in negativity, that we don't even see what the Lord has done. I'm going to give you two more minutes and then we will say the benediction. Those of you know the song, help me sing it. See what the Lord, see what the Lord has done. See what the Lord has done. For we have waited for. For we waited for. Has come to pass. See what the Lord has done. God bless you. Let's everybody stand. See what the Lord has done. Let him open your eyes. You are far more blessed than you even realize. Online, see what the Lord has done. See what the Lord has done. What we waited for. Has come to pass. Open your eyes and see. See what the Lord. See what the Lord has done. See what it's not as bad as you think it is. Let him open your eyes and see what the Lord. What we waited for. What we waited for has come to. we waited for what, what we waited for has come to pass see what the Lord has done could you put your hands out because I want to bless you as the curse breaker I want to bless you and if you're new here, you're like, well, where did he get that blessing from? It's found in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. It is the priestly blessing where God basically said, I love my people so much that I want you to say these words over my people so that they will be blessed. The word blessed means to speak words over a person that will bring success. So I want to speak these words over your life. Those of you who are new to this church, we ask that you open your hands and, and put your, make sure your palms are facing.
the sailing because your gift is not coming from me. The blessing is not coming from me. The blessing is coming from the Lord. I bless you, but it's in the name of the Lord. He's the one that's the blesser. Thank you, Jesus. So may the Lord bless you and protect you. And next week, or next Sunday, I'm going to be speaking specifically about children's ministry. I'm really excited about that. And I'm hoping to bless every child that comes. And so we're just looking forward to that. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. Even if you're not in this building, you can put your hands out. If, it's, if you're in your home, in your car, put your hands out. I want to bless you too. May the Lord make his face shine, grin, beam, and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you his favor, his favor, his preferential treatment that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, side with you as you side with him. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, and his success. And may the Lord this week remove anything and everything that causes agitation or discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless you as a curse breaker. I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody say to the Lord, I receive that blessing. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. Hey. hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you, and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.